thinking when we were discussing announcements that if you're if you missed it there's a ton of clothing <laughs> on the tables behind you and it yesterday we did our shop and swap so mostly women's clothes but some men's clothes came in and it's just you know we wanted to trade them so if you guys after service want to go through that stuff um, we have them organized by size and feel free to take anything and as much as you want there's no limit or we're not keeping tabs so all that stuff is going to be um picked up by San Susi on wednesday so if you see anything you like grab it now uh okay so i guess we'll get started today we're talking about jesus and intention um and we're talking oh well we're, we are discussing um another story in mark Mark 10, 32 through 52. And even in the in our lectionary um, group, I guess, online that we, we kind of align with or use as a springboard, um, I was listening to the podcast that they provide, and they said that this was a long one. I always end up with the long verses. And in the long verses, I mean, it's the Bible, so it's so full of you could you could spend a whole Sunday on one sentence in any of these verses. Um, so that's just always what happens to me, and I never know where to go. So today we're going to be doing a lot of discussion amongst each other. So hopefully you weren't planning on having a Sunday to you know sit back and think about your grocery list or anything because we're going to need some participation. Uh, but I'll start by reading, hopefully vivaciously enough to be exciting to pay attention to. So Mark 10, starting at 32. Oh, I don't know which is better for me to see. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. So this, um, let me start, or let's take a step back. Uh, this is going to be the third time that Jesus tells the disciples of his future death that's coming. Um, again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him, and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Then, tactfully, <laughs> then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. And Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. You must be 
your servant. <laughs> and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. Then they came to Jer Jer Jericho. <laughs> as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, take heart, get up, he's calling to you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go on, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. So do you all remember this story? Is this one that you recognize? Great. Um, so in another version, I'm not sure if it's Luke um, or John, but in another version, it's it's the same story where um, Bar Bartimaeus um, is is healed by Jesus the first time or at, at first, and he says everybody looks like trees, and then Jesus, you know, does it again, whatever that may be, and then he can see clearly what he remembered sight used to be for him. Um, let me flip to my the page I want to share. Um, so. As I do, <laughs> I did a little research to see what slave meant, because it came up a couple times, and, you know, don't really love that word. And so I, um, I decoded it, of course, and so slave in Greek means diakonos, which also means servant, messenger, and then it's also the word where we that's um, the word deacon is derived from. So there's deacons in the churches. And so I think it makes it a little bit more understandable when Jesus tells us to be slaves and we know it as also meaning messenger or deacon or servant. Um, and so now we're going to go through uh, some of these questions together that I kind of brought forth because this is an interesting for me I, I just found this fascinating um this story because in first there's Jesus who is telling his closest friends about his you know and his death his future death that's kind of looming closer and closer and immediately they're like hey cool but can I be at your right and your left or can we be like we want to be, you know, great and powerful too. Um, they don't even, you know, Jesus is, is also human. He needs that, you know, warmth and comfort and maybe like, you can do this kind of a thing. And he doesn't get it from the people who know him the best. Um, and then when Bartimaeus comes along, um, he has never met Jesus and is, is him saying um, twice, 
uh, son of David, that is actually the first time that Jesus um, apparently is, you know, it's, it's fulfilling a prophecy or it's, he's announced to be that Messiah um, in, in the book of Mark, at least. And I believe, I believe in most of the others. Um, and then him also, there's a, there's a lot of um, significance in him leaving his cloak because it's uh, a symbol. I wrote, I wrote this down to be a little clearer, but it's kind of um, a way of leaving the past behind him or leaving what he knew behind him. And he literally got up and went with the disciples and Jesus along the rest of their route. Um, because, and we know this because, well, it says it, but also he's one of the few people whose names is actually mentioned. Um, usually when in the stories of Jesus healing, you don't know their names or they don't often share that, um, but they know it because he got up and went with them and they got to know Bartimaeus. So first question, and if you don't mind, um, I'd like to pass the microphone. So then if we do have people who are listening to this on the podcast, they can hear a little bit better. Uh, if you're uncomfortable with the microphone, just, you know, give me a hand and I won't make you talk into it. But the first question is, what is the goofiest thing you've asked God to give to you? Um, and I think this is important to think about <laughs> because, you know, we're, we, there's often that question that comes to mind that's, why didn't God grant me this thing? You know, he's got power to do this. Why didn't he do it? Um, and I think it, we, we see this with James and John uh, asking to be his right and left. You know, that's also symbolism in the future when he does die and he has the, the two prisoners on his right and his left. Um, they're dying and they're in a terrible, you know, death. They're dying a terrible death. Um, but I, I, I wrote this and thought, you know, I need to go first. <laughs> and so um, I was a love-struck elementary schooler at one point in my life. And there's this boy that I thought was so cute. And I, I was, I think, in sixth grade. And I remember laying down to go to sleep one night. And I was praying to God. I was like, God please let me get married to this boy. <laughs> like, he's the one for me, please. And I I remember praying that, and now it's like, thank God <laughs> he didn't take that one seriously. Um, and just yesterday, I'm actually organizing my reunion, my high school reunion. It's coming up this year. <laughs> And so I've been asking my friends um, or the people I know from high school, you know, what, what's a good month? And so I'm seeing all these comments and I found this guy, the same boy who's now a man. And I just kind of looked on his Facebook and his social media and I was like, oh, I really dodged a bullet with that one. Thanks, God. <laughs> so I remember, yeah, I've, I probably did that more than once, but um, that was something I'm very grateful for, but also I see is, is silly because, um, you know, we grow and we change and I was, how old are you when you're in sixth grade, 10 or 11? That's, I, I had a lot to learn. So, 
Um, but yeah, I think we all have things like this. So does anybody else have something silly that maybe they remember praying for when they were a kid or maybe when they were just weren't so straight in the mind? <laughs> I'm the only one. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Has anyone ever prayed for a sports team to win? <laughs> I've prayed for my kids to like get a goal in a soccer game before, like just for like their own self-esteem. So, yeah. <laughs> Pray for a kid to make a goal. <laughs> there are a lot of goofy things that I think I probably prayed for, but I don't remember specifically praying for them. So it's like I'm kind of on the fence about how I suspect I talked. Like, like I remember one time there was a time that I really wanted to build up a house on my parents' property in this one location. And I look back at it now, it would just been a catastrophe on just like <laughs> from every angle possible, it would have been a catastrophe. Um, but I, I suspect I prayed about that and just so glad that didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Praying for very permanent things with very permanent people. <laughs> yeah. I probably prayed to get into a certain sorority in college and pray to get into a sorority. Sorority was not the thing for me. <laughs> like, I think I'm really, looking back like that was I would not have been happy. <laughs> That's a good one. I know I had um, a job that I really wanted a couple years ago that I had applied for and I tried to do every little weird thing to make sure that I got it. I, I remember going to the interview with, like, I had a little rock that my grandma gave me that said faith on it. So I've got my faith rock. And I, I don't know, there's just, like, little um, things that I tried to do. And I prayed about it. And I didn't get the job. And I thought I did. It was, it was a good experience for me because it was one of those jobs where you have several, like, several interviews and a presentation there's it's like too much that's too much but it, it was just many levels of um kind of performance in order to get this job and as I look back it would have it was a job that would have um kind of controlled too much of my life and too much of my time and made me very narrowly focused um, on one part of my life instead of being balanced, so to say. Um, and that was something that, you know, is more recent. Of course, it's not so much praying for the, the cutest boy on the basketball team to be my husband. But it was still, I wouldn't say it was goofy, but it was definitely something that I'm thankful was. And I, I guess, does, does anyone else want to share? I was just going to say, I'm kind of like Clint. I'm sure when I was, was younger, I prayed for stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. you know? But more seriously, like now, if I find myself praying about God, I want this, I want this, I, 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 and I start mm -hmm. realizing that it's, I should be praying for other people and other needs, and I'm just going to focus on all of those. Yeah. 
selfish. No. Um, but I mean, I, I, I've done things growing up about my teens coming in and all that. Right. I, I, I never, like, when I was younger, getting crazy, like, I can throw this paper ball to the basket, my team will win or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did that kind of stupid stuff. <laughs> like a test. Yeah, so this, it kind of leads into um, the word that comes up. Uh, let's see what's the next one, which which would be intention. And my intention in that job I was mentioning just a second ago, I don't think was to, you know, best serve the people that I would be serving or to, um, you know, grow grow that field. It was um, a women and gender studies position at IUPUC. And, um, and yeah, I, I wanted it because it was something that I knew that I knew. And then the interviewing process, I just, it was almost like I wanted to win kind of a thing. Maybe that's my like Enneagram three, like wanting to come out on top. But um, it, I was more focused on that and praying with that kind of lurking behind. I don't think when we pray with a negative intention, we really realize it or we really feel that until we kind of take a step back. Because um, when you're in it, there's just so many emotions that are hard to kind of sift through. But um, I want to ask you, what are the differences between James and John and Bartimaeus that we've seen in this passage? I can. It's gonna take a while. Oh, just the part of me. Yeah, just the last part of it. This part, or do you want? Yeah. Okay. In a way, uh, Bartimaeus recognize Jesus's um, authority and, and his um, ability to heal, right? He saw him as, as a Messiah, and he was just asking for a blessing, mm -hmm. you know, a healing, whereas uh, John, was it John and who? James. James. They were wanting to, like, have some of the glory. Like, yeah. they were wanting to, like, be best buds with, with the king so that they could be they could also yeah <laughs> participate in being um superior yes reap the treasures yeah reap the treasures of being superior yeah that's why i wanted to see what it said um yeah because james and john were just wanting power mm -hmm. um, i think that what you were referring to I think it's um, I think it's John's mom tells them to go ask Jesus the question, if I'm not mistaken. But but this one, what I wanted to read this was Jesus tells Bartimaeus to go on his way, but Bartimaeus follows him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, willingly. Something. Oh, what was the question again? It was, um, what, yeah, the differences. Oops, wrong way. 
area. Um, something that I picked up on was um, and wrote down is that Jesus, like I had mentioned, Jesus was talking to his closest people and they kind of <laughs> didn't acknowledge it. Maybe that's just a lack of you know detail when writing this, when Mark was writing. But I thought it was fascinating that Bartimaeus um, was literally in a crowd, a crowd away from Jesus. Um, people were like <laughs> telling him to basically shut up and to quit making a ruckus, but he kept doing it. And he still, you know, he's blind and he still gives Jesus more respect and undivided attention, it seems like, in this moment um, than James and John gave to him. And and Bartimaeus wasn't even a part of this, you know, deep conversation that Jesus was having. He was just there. And so I thought that was, you know, he had no prompting to, to be respectful and give his undivided attention. Now, the thing I was going to say about your, about that question, about what are the differences is I'm surprised how, sometimes how, um, how good humans are at picking up these differences. Because in the workplace, I, I notice it all the time that people very quickly pick up on the difference between a person that is working hard to do something good for the overall group or the overall company versus a person who is working hard because they are after something for themselves. Mm -hmm. And you'll, you'll see people comment that, you know, you know, hey, I don't like working with this person because I feel like they're more concerned about what they're going to get out of this than they are being concerned about us all doing a better job working together. Um, and so I think that difference there is actually pretty obvious sometimes, and we're able to pick up on it pretty quickly. So Yeah, that's true. Because they're both asking for things, mm -hmm. but the, the purpose behind it's very different. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, how, how, at least for me, I've often worked, especially in the service industry, um, at serving at restaurants and stuff, you know the people who are, who, like, they're their own number one, or, like, they're only thinking about themselves or them getting up, because they seem friendly when you talk, but then, you know, if, um, when it comes to being fair, whenever, whatever the task may be, they'll make sure, you know, they get what they want at, at that, at, at the, I don't know, stake of everyone else, but, um, it's all slight and subtle. And so it's not like, you know, if, if I'm next in, Justin, I know, um, if I'm next on the sheet for a table at a restaurant and I'm not around and this person has a bigger table and they're there to take, you know, the guests to a table, if they give it to themselves, um, it's not, you know, a huge deal or at the, you know, the end of the world, but it's frustrating and it's like their intention isn't to help the greater good, it's kind of to help themselves get up the ladder that night or something but um you know when you you if, even if it's a small act it's a big feeling for those who witness it or who are a part of it um 
And something that can stick, I think, for a while is, you know, even if you forgive someone, it's, it's something that you remember. So the next question is, have you ever witnessed status overshadowing the original intent behind an action? So this one's a little more complicated. Um, but basically, in the sense with John and James, they're asking to be at Jesus right and left, um, which, you know, if they knew what that meant, maybe that would, what it truly meant, that would be something that Jesus would find very endearing and grateful to have friends like that. But their intent was not, was not that. It was for the status. Um, and so it kind of, even though it seemed like a nice thing or a, a thing that, I don't know, could be in one way be taken as kind or as um, a, a, a sign of strength, it's actually, you know, their, that status was overshadowing their intention of, you know, wanting to seem helpful, maybe. Does that make more sense? Have you ever witnessed this in anybody? Kind of like what I just said about the, the restaurant business. You see it in bands all the time. In bands? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and and you, everybody can pick up on the difference uh, between... Um, uh, the mo the motivation is like there you can you can feel when you've got the good motivation for um, uh, trying to be collectively presenting a te as a team and somebody having an agenda hmm. having an agenda that's a good way to say it I've seen like online where people do like things that should be like out of integrity but they do it just for like a lot of like publicity and likes instead of actually doing it to help somebody. Mm -hmm. Do you have an example? Um, I've just seen things where people will like go and give stuff to homeless people. Oh, okay. And like they'll like record it. And then they'll be like, oh, look how good I am. I'm so good. I just gave this homeless person like $500. But really, like, that should be something you just want to do for somebody without anybody looking or seeing. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Doing something if you've got the attention of, of everyone or if you don't. Yeah, I just, um, <laughs> this isn't super churchy, but I just watched a movie the other day, and it was a newer one, I forget what it's called, but it's with Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen, and she's um, the Secretary of State, and she's trying to run for president, and she has Seth Rogen um, as her journalist, and they have this like special bond that makes them like want to do good in the world and make sure that that's, you know, 
to, to be a real politician and not someone who, you know, undercuts and stuff like that. And she's got a project and it's called the, the Bees, Trees, and Seas. And <laughs> she's presenting this um, over this kind of, you know, route or like po political, um, I don't know, whatever it's called, a route where they talk to lots of different people of different areas. And throughout the movie, they start to drop they drop the trees and then they drop the seas and they only have bees left. <laughs> and she, Seth Rogen is mad at her because her whole thing was to, to take it all and, and help it all. Um, but she's dropping these things because she's trying to keep her image looking good and trying to keep her status and, and her intent behind it was really good, but now she's dropping it. And that intent was bad. And so I thought this is a good example. <laughs> They end up pushing all of them, and it worked out fine. <laughs> I think for some people here, you, you, uh, we have a mixed bag here, but when the social media stuff was coming on, you know, people were. It took a while for people to figure out how to live in that world where it was so easy to proclaim things about yourself and others. You know, just a couple quick, you know, keystrokes and a send and away you go you you broadcast to a thousand people or whatever um and i i was struggling through that and and i remember one time um our friend uh i think it was justin anyway so someone that we were friends with um was in the bartholomew county jail and i'd gone there to visit them and i was so excited afterwards I, and i could tell it was very unhealthy when i realized what i was doing but i was so excited because i was getting ready to post Hey, just visited my friend in the jail. But when I started thinking about it, I thought, yeah, the the whole reason I was going to post that was really bad. You know, it was, and I was kind of struggling. And and, and pretty much that was the day I said, I, I can't do Facebook and stuff. Like I can't. That's not healthy for me. Um, so, but yeah, it's easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. Very wise self observation. Well, after the fact, maybe. <laughs> I had posted plenty before that that shouldn't have been posted, <laughs> let me assure you. So. I think a lot of social media is like that, though. Like, you're not presenting your true self, you're presenting the self that you want other people mm -hmm. to see you as. Mm -hmm. And so you're looking at everyone else's um, kind of ideal self, and you're comparing yourself to everyone else's ideal self, mm -hmm. and it kind of breaks people down. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the intent is is kind of like, oh, I want to show people what's going on in my life. Like, here's something fun that I just did. But um, oftentimes, not always, but there, there could be that overshadowing, like, hey, look how good I am, kind of notion. So. Yeah. Um, even in school, sometimes I catch myself like, when there needs to be like dishes done, like the bowls, the color bowls and stuff, all pile up. And like when I go to like clean them, she's like, in uh, beauty school. Yeah. So if I go to like clean them, like sometimes I'm like, am I doing this for brownie points for my teacher, or am I doing this to help everybody really? Because sometimes I like, I'm like, ooh, I'll go clean the bowls, and then maybe my teacher will see it and like. <laughs> And I'll get brownie points. And then I'm and then I was just thinking about that over the weekend. I'm like, man, I need to do that to like actually like help people and not think about what it's in it for me. Right. 
I was envisioning all these bowls of different colors. Red oh, bowls really and blue cool. bowls. And... <laughs> 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 yeah. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I didn't share this. Uh, this is actually kind of an answer to your first question, but and it's really I was I I didn't want to share it. Um but it has uh, worked with this in my mind. Um, so a silly thing that I haven't actually asked you this for, but I wanted really badly enough that like it's <clears throat> on my mind. So the, um, I've, I, for a long time, I've really wished that I had like a, just a fuller, stronger singing voice. Mm. And um, it's something that I wanted. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's something I wanted so bad um, to just have a stronger, like, wider range of singing. And uh, but I've never prayed for it because I did, guess I did see it as sort of something that was just selfish. Um, and uh, so uh, sometimes, like like last Sunday, I was thinking about that. And then you know, I usually pray before I uh, lead worship to have my heart in the right place. And that was on my mind, and I just kind of got this feeling from God that was like, um, I, I that Jesus definitely understands my desire to want a fuller singing voice, but he just said, just sing with the voice I gave you. That's all I want from you. And um, I think sometimes my desire to have like a fuller, stronger singing voice is just not because I actually think that it would help me lead worship better. It's just, I just want it to sound better, <laughs> you know, and to like what I hear when I hear it recorded. Um, so it's it would be a status thing rather than God gave me a voice to worship with, mm-hmm. not to shine like a sparkly star with. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And I think with most... Um, examples of intention often we think about like advancing our own status or um you know making us seem better or more qualified or something like that but um i think what tends to be overlooked or forgotten are in in the negative sense are things like fear um and and a lack of trust, which I guess could also be fear, but but more of the um, things that just seem natural, a negative natural way of being, and and those things make a difference too. I remember praying, often praying out of fear um, that something would happen, and I think you did it, Quinn, so I'm going to bring it up, coronavirus. <laughs> You know, we, we do need to be careful and we do need to, you know, put our health first and to be mindful of where our hands go and then where else they go in our eyes or nose or mouth. Um, but I think often, especially in society, society today with social media and um, the way the news has gone, is that we, um, those who are, are advancing themselves with a concern for their own status are using fear for the rest of us who are trying to not do that and then forgetting the fact that fear is a factor too. And so um, it's easy for us to let fear kind of 
drive our intentions or to drive um, our actions and, and everything. Um, because how often, I don't know, my, I, I wouldn't say goofiest prayers, but I have, I remember so many <laughs> prayers where I'm just in such a lack mindset. Um, and the biggest ones, I guess, happen when, when I'm traveling. I, I like to travel, and I also enjoy traveling alone um, to different countries even, and just getting around. And, and so it's it's me and God often. Um, and there's been several times where I've just been like, God, you know, I get to a point where I have enough fear in me that I'm like, God, I know that you're in charge of this and I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm just going to let whatever happens happens. And if, you know, I have to sleep in the bushes tonight, it's fine. <laughs> and all of those times, like, I think that's when we have times of struggle, it brings us to that point where we remember that God has a big hand in our lives and in, in the outcome of things. And he's, he's guiding us. So we're not just doing it on our own. Um, but to remember that before it gets to that point is, I think, harder. Um, but yeah, I, I have had times where fear has made me feel like, you know, the world is going to end or my world is going to end and it's not even anywhere close. Um, and then remembering that I do need to trust God and, and this fear, you know, the situation is the same if I'm afraid or if I'm not afraid. Um, it's just how I'm actually feeling about it. So if I can rein in my my feeling and and swap it to maybe excitement and like just curious about what God's going to do. Um, I think that that's way more powerful. So let me see. Oh gosh. Is it 1215 I'm supposed to be done? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll leave, I'll leave this one up. <laughs> Um, thank you all for all these questions. I was hoping that we would get, we wouldn't run out of questions, so this worked out well. Um, we'll do, have a little quick prayer and then communion, and then, you know, we won't be afraid that the teachers upstairs are mad because it's happening how it's happening. <laughs> so let's pray. God, thank you for bringing us all here today. Thank you for our health and our well-being. Thanks for this family and um, allowing us to uh, participate and feel what it's like to be a part of a group that's, that is the living room. Um, allow us to hear you and keep you at the forefront of our minds and our hearts as we go about our days and our weeks so that our intentions can be holy and pleasing to you. Please bless your body and your blood to our bodies and our blood, and let us just come together in a loving, peaceful, and status-free communion with you today. In your name we pray, amen.